Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, and today I'm going to be talking about when I met James Earl Ray, the man that uh, was put in prison for killing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But before I get to that, I want to say I want to thank everybody for supporting my show and supporting uh, what I'm doing. I really appreciate that. I, I would ask that you continue to download my episodes, subscribe to the show, uh, hit the listener support button, donate, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm very appreciative of the support that I'm getting. I just wanted to thank y'all. I don't want to take anybody for granted. Not one listener will I take for granted. I really appreciate uh, what you're doing and all of this. And you can go check out uh, my book, uh, Becoming a Murderer, How PTSD Influenced My Decisions. It's available on jtb3.org. That's my son's website. You know, check that out. I appreciate it. But let me get straight to the show. I want to talk about you know, that experience and, and how it impacted me, how it affected me. Um, this was back in 1996. I was at Riverbend and so was he. And, you know, he used to go to the library all the time. I, I knew who he was. I'm sure he didn't know who I was, right? At that time, I was still affiliated. And I went to the library this particular day and I really wanted to ask him some questions. You know, I was really in that frame of mind. I, I, you know, like a lot of people in prison at that time, particularly black and brown people, was looking at him like, and just smack him in his mouth or do something to him, right? But I didn't do that. You know, I asked him, you know, could I sit down at the table because, you know, uh, the other tables were full. I could have found someone to sit, but I basically wanted to sit there anyway. So I asked him, could I sit at the table? And he was like, yeah, no problem. And he raised up from reading his magazine and looked at me. And he was reading the Time magazine. So I sit down, and as soon as I sit down and pull my chair up, he said to me, look, I don't talk about my case, right? He must have felt like I was going to, eventually get around to asking him something about the case right you know but I didn't because he said that he didn't want to talk about his case so I just sit there playing it off but I was staring at him as I would raise up from the magazine not just locked in on I look down at the magazine look up at him look down at the magazine look up at him stuff like that right and and I noticed how weak and fragile that he looked you know this shell of a man that they talked about on TV like he's this mastermind this intellectual uh, menace that uh, somehow or another was able to craft this idea and kill this this uh, civil rights leader, you know what I'm saying, with no assistance and so on and so forth. But I'm looking at him, I, I didn't see that. Now, again, I believe that he was guilty. I don't really know all the details. You know, I know what I heard on TV. He didn't even, he didn't give me a chance to ask him anything, so I can't speak to anything that I don't know. I'm just really focused on, I want you to understand in this show, I was focused on what I saw. When I looked at him, he looked broken. He looked broken. He looked like he had just given up. You know what I'm saying? And that affected me in a way that I didn't even realize until yesterday. I was watching this show, uh, this DVD called Respect. It was about Aretha Franklin starring Jennifer Hudson. And... While I was watching the show, that scene that came on where she found out that Dr. Martin Luther King had been assassinated, when I saw that, I said to my celly, he was in the cell watching the movie as well, I said to him, man, I, I was at River Bend with him, I sat down at the table with him, you know what I'm saying? And all of the memories of that, that encounter started to flood back to my mind and what I thought of him at the time. I had totally forgot it, written, forgotten it. But all of that started flooding back into my mind and and I started to connect the dots. You know, the universe back then was trying to explain and tell me something. I just didn't get it, right? 
But anyway, my impression of him back then was that I, I'm looking at this shell of a man that had bought into this ideology that 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 made him believe that taking another human being's life was the right thing to do based off of what he believed. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't get it then, but yesterday it hit me that I was no better than him. I was still affiliated back then. And the ideology that I believed in, even if it was a passive belief in it, I believe that I was, I was, I had the right to do what I wanted to do as a gangster disciple to anybody else. You know what I'm saying? So what made me any better than him? You know, what put me in a position to judge this person? You know what I'm saying? I'm just as far, I'm doing more damage to the uh, black and brown community than, uh, well, maybe not more, but on par with what this guy had done. You know what I'm saying? I believe in a lifestyle at that time. I believed in a lifestyle that caused pain to families all up and down uh, the United States. And, and and here I am looking at this man wanting to do something to him when I was no better than him, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? I didn't get that back then, but I get that now. You know what I'm saying? And it really hit me yesterday, you know, while I was watching the movie, because I started to think about, you know, uh, my ancestors, um, and what they went through, what they endured, uh, being slaves, and what Dr. Martin Luther King and people like him, Mega Evers and Malcolm X, people like that, what they went through trying to make and create social justice and change in this country for poor people, black and brown people. And I started to think, man, like, dang, man, it, the stuff that we do uh, in the lifestyle, how it spit in the face of all those people that had to endure torture and 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 it's just unimaginable uh, uh, dehumanization uh, 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 of their person, and and we act as if uh, what we do today, like we act as if nobody put up a fight, nobody was struggling, trying to get us in a position to where we could participate in this experiment uh, called America, and. It just made me feel extremely sad yesterday, and I continued to watch the show, and I started to pick up on all the, the hidden messages that were in it, and it was like I started to notice, you know, what Aretha Franklin, Miss Aretha Franklin went through, and I started to connect to her story, you know, and I, I look around in prison, and I see a bunch of people that are fragile, broken, broken. A bunch of people in here that have not dealt with uh, whatever trauma that they went through, like Miss Aretha Franklin. She was, according to the show, somebody raped her when she was a child, and she was pregnant. She had ended up having two kids, according to the show, and that trauma continued to haunt her throughout her life. And it wasn't until she stopped running from the Most High that she found what true success looked like. Because throughout the movie, she was looking at, you know, asking for more hits and she wanted success in that way, this way. But she never confronted the issues that were haunting her. And I think that's what we do, you know, whether you're in prison or out of prison. You know, your, 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 your trauma, your pain that you experience 
doesn't necessarily have to lead to you committing a felony, right? It can lead to you being a, an unfaithful husband or wife or, or an abusive partner or somebody that lies or manipulates and uses and gets over it. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, need, it doesn't have to be a criminal offense that you commit. It can be a moral offense that you commit because of the trauma that you've been through. And I think a lot of people don't get that. They think that because they go on and they become successful in life, graduate from college, make a lot of money, do all of these things, become pillars of the community and all of these other things, or get out of prison, find a job, and do well financially and all this and that, they think that they have made it. Only to find out that they still have these holes, these holes in their souls. And these holes are the trauma that have never been addressed. And I think that that's something that uh, we should focus on, healing that way. And I get it. You know, we don't have time to be worrying about somebody that's committing murder, rape, robbery, selling drugs. We don't have time to be like, man, look here, we need to deal with your trauma, this, 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 and that, until, you know, and after we get, get them in jail. But once we do have people in a position where we can help them, we need to be helping them. And that's why I believe the recidivism rate remains at its highest levels. It's not going to go down and stay down because people are not dealing with the real issues. We have come to believe that if we deal with the issues like the, the uh, get them a job, uh, get them back in school, all of these things without dealing with those internal things that have affected our mental health, we think that everything will be fine. And it's time after time it's been proven that that is not true, that is not going to work. And that show that I watched yesterday about Miss Aretha Franklin, it demonstrated that this woman had success beyond success on the standard that we measure it. But she was running. She was dealing with ghosts. And she was having breakdowns and couldn't overcome this, overcome that. Uh, drinking alcohol, you know what I'm saying? And all of these things, you know. Going from man to man, being in abusive relationships, becoming somebody that was almost intolerable and unappreciative of the people around her. She couldn't make that connection because that trust that she had as a child had been violated. And that trust that was violated prevented her from trusting other people that were around her that loved her and wanted to help her. And that's exactly what we do. Once you've been broken, it's hard to trust somebody that comes along with good intentions and says, I love you, I want to help you. It's hard to believe that. But that's where we have to get to, you know. And we have to start to love one another. I know that sounds cliche-ish. I know that sounds easy. But it's, it's a process that we have to get to. If we want to become neighbors that look out for one another, we're going to have to do that. Otherwise, we're just like hamsters on a wheel. We're just running in place. Running in place. And I don't want to get too preachy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to get too preachy, but tell me what you think about this episode. Hit me up. You know what I'm saying? At doing time with Joe T at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. My family, they'll let me know what you say in the messages. You know what I mean? Or you can uh, hit the message button on the podcast. They'll let me know what you say about that. And I really appreciate any feedback. If you like the show, like I say, subscribe. Share it with your friends. Share it with 10 friends. Share it with 50 friends. You know what I'm saying? Hit your listener button. Donate. And uh, I really appreciate your support. I want to thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe, and I say peace.